Welcome to Nature Finds a Way, a pop culture biology podcast where we nerd out about biology facts and fiction in some of our favorite books, movies, and TV shows. I'm Lindsay and she's Sarah and we are marine biologists in recovery and today we are nerding out hard with Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. <sighs> Yay! September. September. We're going back to Hogwarts. Back to Hogwarts. This was a delight to read. Yeah. When we were planning this episode and when we were going to do it, I asked Lindsay if she thought she could read or if she could read Harry Potter in like a week and a bit. And she was like, all of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I think has been making a pretty solid stab on it. Yeah. uh, Yeah. They're they're about to start the Battle of Hogwarts. Oh, goodness. Oops. (laughs) I am planning on doing a reread, but I only made it through the first one so far. So That's true. Well, my reread also skipped two and six, which helped a lot because those are slogs. Oh, good times. Good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So do you remember when you first read it? I think we probably got the first two books when around when the second one came out. Um, and I was um, pretty immediately super hooked, like most mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have been in about grade 10 when the first one came out. So maybe I was in grade 11 or so when I started reading them. And yeah, my whole family was super into them. I don't know if my dad ever read them. He might've read the first couple. Um, but like my mom and the rest of us have read them all multiple times. Um, and we even got my granny who would have been like in her mid eighties at the time. Uh, she was intrigued and read the first one, which was really cute. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. It was really cute. What about you? Yeah. I think we got the first two right before the third one came out, or maybe we got the first three. I can't remember. I know we had the first three for a really long time because my sister read them just like in a loop consistently yeah. over and over again. She had the first <laughs> chapter of the first book memorized. Oh my goodness. So yeah. And then, you know, we just kind of went from there. It was pretty... Intense. I don't know if the gaps were actually longer between books, but it, they felt longer. I think they, like, I'd have to, obviously, we could look. It's very easy to look. But obviously, one to three was um, pretty short. Yeah. Um, and then three to four might not have been that long because it just was, like, the first gap we had to do. And then, then they got they got real long because six was 2005 and seven was 2007 seven yeah we were in australia and i had we went we had to take the ferry to brisbane so we could go to the target and buy copies for everybody on the island basically (laughs) i was on an island on the like exact opposite side of the country basically at the time and i was on there for probably i don't know several weeks maybe like four or five weeks or maybe not quite that long. I don't remember. I'd have to look it up and you don't care. Um, <laughs> before, and like, we didn't even have like a grocery store, like any store other than like the company store on this island. So um, yeah, I basically flew into Perth, beelined directly to the bookstore in the airport. And then because it was freezing cold and pouring rain and I didn't know anybody in Perth anymore, I basically spent like two and a half days just sitting on my bunk in yeah. the hostel reading it. Ugh. Because I also I knew I didn't have room to move it across the country. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we're staying in Perth. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, good times. Good times. Mm-hmm. So many memories. I know. All right. So there's some like pretty key uh, animals introduced in this book. Um, nothing major biology, but definitely a few magical uh, creatures that are introduced in this book that are. Um, have some major importance throughout the rest of Harry Potter, let's Mm -hmm, just say. mm -hmm. Um, 
probably the first one that we meet is owls. So, Lynn, do you want to talk a bit about owls? Sure. So, owls, most of the stuff that's in the Harry Potter books are pretty cliched things. Everybody knows about owls. They can rotate their heads. They have really good vision. They can fly. Um, some of the stuff, there's there's nothing specific I could find about doing really long flights. Um, so, I think they just go when they're traveling, delivering letters far away, they just take breaks. That's why they take so long, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. They do have, of course, good vision. They can see lots of stuff they can see in the dark. They can't uh, focus close up on objects, Um, but that's like two centimeters away, so that's Hmm. not that big a deal. Um, There's nothing about, you know, remembering people or recognizing people or anything like that, so um, I guess that would just have to be maybe trained. I'm sure rescue dowels or whatever can... Maybe do that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I feel like they'd get to know their people. Um, there's definitely some magic in these owls because they know who they're looking for and where they if they've left or moved locations. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely some magic in these owls. Um, and of course, the one, the famous one of all, Hedwig, uh, is a snowy owl. And snowy owls actually are more active during the day, unlike most owls. So which is kind of cool and random. Also, it is the males of snowy owls that are almost all white. Females have more speckles or barring, uh, as do juveniles. Um, So in the movies of Harry Potter, it was mostly males playing Hedwig, and the first one was named Ook, (laughs) and he was the first character to be cast in the movie series, uh, which is kind of adorable. Yeah, so I think they had a bunch of different ones to do things, maybe like close-ups or flying or carrying things or... Whatever. Yeah. That's just usually how animals in movies work. They have different yeah, like, ones trained to do different things. Yeah, Ook might have been like the close-up sort of one that was like interacting more directly with mm-hmm. the cast. And then they probably had other ones that were just used for the flying scenes, Yeah, maybe. I don't know, maybe not. But that's a pretty common thing to do. Mm-hmm. And they only live like 10 to 12 years. So Aww. yeah, I'm not sure how many they went through during the movies. Because uh, that lasted... Almost a yeah. decade, so the thing about carrying letters and carrying money and packages and stuff, like owls, like I guess they can carry, you know, dead things that they eat, but they're still birds and they still don't weigh a lot. Uh, snowy owls weigh up to about three kilograms or six and a half pounds. So yeah, they could carry a fair size of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if they go into as much detail in this book, but in later ones, they talk about tying notes onto their legs and stuff. And snowy owls, especially the youngs and pro- young ones, and especially probably in wintertime, their legs are really floofy and like yeah. on their feet. So that would be tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. They're kind of like mm-hmm. carrier pigeons of the wizarding world. Like in the first one, they carry letters in their mouth. Yeah. And they can breathe through their nostrils, which, so that's fine. But mm-hmm. yeah, then it ends up being like on their legs or they carry broomsticks and their talons or whatever. So they can do a lot of things. They're very uh, handy they're and clever. Yeah. The biggest, or not the biggest, but the, the main biological creature that's introduced in this book that sort of determines plot stuff a lot is. Fluffy, the three-headed dog. Yeah. So uh, Hagrid has raised or trained or found or acquired somehow this three-headed dog and um, trained it to be a good guard dog. And then also to, I don't know if it would be trained or just sort of innate behavior, but to relax and sort of fall asleep 
when it hears music, which um, is an important plot point in the book, mm-hmm. um, but also kind of handy to have a dog that you have like a signal that you can turn down its uh, its guardingness. So yeah, three-headed dogs are sort of based on like a mythological creature, um, Cerberus, Mm -hmm. who was one of the trials of Hercules to fight this three-headed dog. Um, Do you have anything else about three-headed dogs? Not really. Like, it's it's interesting because it's just like this big tough thing, but then it can get put to um, sleep by music. So it's just kind of one of those like, not always what they seem, book by its cover kind of things, which I like. Um, Hagrid has the opinion that Fluffy, you know, is deserving of the name Fluffy. Mm -hmm. So thinks he's like a pretty chill dog, but we also learn that Hagrid doesn't have the best judgment. No, it's true. And also like, we don't know what Fluffy's like. Life is like he's stuck in this room. No, exactly. He's a giant dog. Like just because he has three heads doesn't mean he's bad. It just means no. that he's a dog stuck in this room. So, like, if you let him out onto the gray lawn or whatever it's called and let him play with Fang and uh, stuff, he's probably, probably just going to be fine. He's just a dog. Yeah, he's just a dog. Yeah. Aww, so, <laughs> so cute. cute. Um, and there is a bit about unicorns in the book, but um, there's not, it's like pretty vague. And I think mm-hmm. we'll probably cover unicorns in a separate episode. So stay tuned for that. Mm-hmm. And then my personal favorite, as mm. you probably have known, yep. <laughs> is the dragon. Yay. So yeah, Hagrid hatches a... Um, Norwegian Ridgeback. Norwegian Ridgeback. Yeah. Yeah. Norbert. Aww. Norbert no. the dragon. Or Norberta, as we find out later. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that really ruined everything. Although, I already <laughs> s- I said the Battle of Hogwarts earlier, so hopefully it's going to ruin some people's <laughs> times as well. Seriously, if you are listening to this podcast and you haven't read these books... Then that's your fault. Exactly. So there's a couple interesting things that um, we thought about when hearing about the dragons. The first was Hagrid is incubating the egg in like a fireplace, basically, to mimic mummy dragon breathing fire on it, which was interesting. Um, (laughs) Real world uh, reptile eggs have a lot of sex determination based on the temperature. So it's like kind of all over the place in in red-eared sliders. If the eggs are below 28 degrees Celsius, all of them will be male and above 31, they'll all be female. And then in between, they get a mix. So random. So random. But then another species of turtle, uh, Macroclemus, a snapping turtle, are female at either cooler below 22 or hot above 28. So like if it's below or above those temperatures, it will be, they'll like almost certainly be female. And then between 22 and 28 degrees, they're primarily male. So it's very interesting. Yeah. And it's such a weird evolutionary trait. Like, why is that a thing? I don't know. They're just, yeah, it doesn't, I don't know. It's such a weird thing to have that works like for different reptiles, but has different rules for different reptiles. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, it's very strange. It's yeah. Like, is it on purpose or is Mm -hmm. it a thing that happens because hormones are basically proteins and proteins have different behavior at different temperatures. So is it kind of like a thing that it just happens because of the various proteins that are existing? Yeah. And then the evolution is like dealing with the variation or vice versa. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to know without a Mm -hmm. really good time machine yeah exactly (laughs) 
And we don't know if that had anything to do with Nor- Norbert Norberta's sex. It's just, it was something, yeah, because that's how, like, if, if that's how Hagrid thinks mothers hatch dragon eggs, then, like, maybe his was actually too hot or too yeah, cold. Yeah, maybe. Or whatever. Or, yeah, or also, like, there is obviously a minimum temperature for most different species of reptiles. Um, this is, of course, assuming that dragons are reptiles, which is a big assumption to make. <laughs> yeah, like, there's a minimum temperature, at, like, below that temperature, the, the eggs basically just won't hatch at all. Or if they do hatch, it'll be bad news bears mm-hmm. yeah like they just don't develop properly so who knows who knows yeah. and then um and then once he has a baby dragon apparently the wizarding care of magical creatures research tells him to feed the baby dragon brandy and chicken's blood was interesting yeah that's weird like the chicken's blood I, like blood i could get behind like yeah i don't know what adult dragons eat even right exactly. like in this world or in any world aside from eating hobbits I feel like we'll find out maybe what they eat later in Harry Potter. I can't remember. Maybe in the first I don't think so. Maybe not specifically, but... Maybe it's just mentioned? Yeah. They probably eat, like, sheep and cows and goats and... Oh, yeah. Whatever they can catch. Whatever they want. Yeah, so blood makes sense. But brandy is is very strange. Yeah, it's super strange. Yeah, it seems sort of like old school, like, wives' tale or, Mm -hmm. like... Um, whatever, like, oh, feed your dragon brandy and they'll be more chill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Drunk dragons seem terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Drunk dragons in your wooden house. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, great plan, Hagrid. Great plan. And also, yeah, like chicken. I mean, maybe chicken is like the natural food source for this species of dragon, but um, also a lot of captive animals, when they don't know what else to feed it, if they think it's a carnivore, they just feed it chicken. Yeah. because it's easily accessible. But, like, the first captive whales were fed chicken, and that just seems a little dumb. Like, it's just so dumb. Like, how how does a whale get a chicken? Ugh, yeah. And even animals that, like, would eat birds, like alligators and crocodiles, feeding them chicken is fine, but they really should be having, like, whole chickens with all the feathers and stuff on. Mm-hmm. Like, they really need, it's not just the protein and stuff they really i don't know it's not really roughage but for calcium especially they need the bones and then for sort of like helping with digestion and sort of their natural thing is to eat the whole animal so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah but yeah you know babies exactly you can't have you can't have feathers when you're babies you're just a baby they're just babies oh that's so cute (laughs) yeah so that's kind of about all we've got about um about harry potter um, do you have any other thoughts, Lindsay? Well, there's just the whole issue about how this school is not really that great. And the teachers are, you know, similar to like university professors at some points. Like they're very smart in one thing. And then they're like, but you also have to teach 11 year olds who are just learning how to do, do magic and stuff. And like the muggles probably went to primary school um, or the muggleborns. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't think the wizard kids did. Yeah. Like, do they go to just like their local? primary school and yeah to be crazy yeah like do they know any math at all yeah like how do they learn how to read yeah like how do they know how to read how do they know how to do anything and like later they take care of magical creatures and they're taking herbology but they don't take biology or science or philosophy or history like they take history but they don't take english they have to write all these papers yeah. And they don't, they're not taught what verbs are. Exactly, yeah. It's like super old school style learning. Like, here, let me tell you these facts and then read these facts in a book and then regurgitate these facts in an essay, please. Yeah, regardless of what they are, whether it's history facts or like what your opinion is on werewolves. Like, are the 12 uses of 
Dragon's blood. Yeah. And then like reading them further on, I'm just like, there's lots of this coming up for a variety of things. But I'm like, do wizards know where babies come from? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do they learn human biology or just magical creature biology? Yeah. Like, do they know? Or is like, obviously, every single wizard that we know of just like graduates Hogwarts and that gets married right away and has babies when they're like 19 so maybe they don't i don't know there's like and then there's that whole other thing of like what what's really going on at hogwarts when you're 17 uh when you all live in dormitories but so again like do you you know where babies come from like is mcgonagall cheat like having secret classes once you get to like seventh year with all the girls of like this is you know or do they just like non-consensually cast a spell on them and yeah Mm -hmm. also true yeah, so it's, like, that kind of stuff, like... Or maybe it's consensual, I don't know. I have no idea, and, like, all of these other things, not just that, but, like, do you know how, like, galleons and sickles and, that, like, that conversion yeah. rate is crazy. Yeah, you need to know really good multiplication and division. Yeah, Ugh. and, you know, like, how to, I don't even know, like, run a, no, run a house go to work, like, all of these... Yeah, like, household budgeting and... Yeah, like, normal... Muggle high school doesn't teach you proper high school skills, uh, proper adult yeah. skills. Wizarding school is even worse. You like forget not knowing how to do your taxes. You don't even know what x equals. You don't even know Pythagoras Pythagoras theorem. Yeah. Uh, like it is cool because like they would incidentally learn some math like in potions, for example. I'm sure they'd learn like, but they're not like specifically learning math, which is good. Is but it also has to there has to be like a little bit of rigor in there. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm doubtful that um, Snape, as much as I love him. <laughs> it's the uh, not learning to express your opinions and the not learning about anything about science. Like learning like, this is a plant and it does this, yeah. but not yeah, yeah. And knowing why. Yeah, and, yeah really, and then not yeah. learning and being taught to like form opinions for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, problematic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Aside from the bad teachers. <laughs> yes, who are also just... Not good at teaching, but also... Well, they went to Hogwarts. Yeah, exactly. And they might be exasperated because they've all been teaching there for like 25 years. Because apparently there's like nothing else you can do once you're an adult wizard. (laughs) Yeah, like is there a teacher's college? I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah, there's like, they, in one part, they're like, you have to go to extra schooling to be an R. So like, do you go to like, yeah, teacher's college, R college? Like, is that just like... In a, on a floor in the ministry, like how? What is this? I don't know. It's so so many questions. So strange, but so many questions. Anyway, <laughs> well, if you're intrigued for our additional rants about the biology and um, pedagogy of Harry Potter, um, you can subscribe to our podcast at Nature Finds a Pod on a Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or you can check out our website naturefindsapod.com, or you can subscribe by searching for Nature Finds a Way in your favorite podcasting app, even Spotify. Yeah, Uh, and we will be back in two weeks for a little uh, movie that's very fall appropriate with some geese and tiny Anna Paquin and Jeff Daniels, and it is Fly Away Home. (laughs) See you next time. Bye. Bye. Snowy owls weigh up to three kilometers, so... er (laughs) Nope.